Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. You ready for the word? Me too. You know, I was thinking about um, trust and, and what I'm trying to share with everybody in here. Um, something that's difficult. When we're looking at scripture, there are going to be times when what we're reading or what we're hearing is more difficult than others. Things that we're, we're doing well in or that we're operating in a, in a high level of, it could be character or whatever, and then we hear the word, we're like going, yeah, that's right, that's right. This is an area that I've been really feeling a, a heaviness in the sense of it's something that we've all dealt with, and that is the area of trust, it being broken. Everybody in here at some point in time in your life has, have, has experienced that. And I was looking over, um, I, I like to investigate natural principles because they line up with spiritual truth. And when you look at an area of human nature, it gives us a a real, a good understanding of things that we deal with in in the large percentage of people in life. So when we're looking at causes, there's different major causes that people lose trust. Lying is probably the number one cause, lying. And there's, there's, there's different ones in here. There's breaking promises, being unreliable, betrayal, being dishonest, lacking integrity, gossiping, stealing. Those are the top ones of breaking trust. Now, I was thinking about this just in my own personal life. I was thinking about, do I know anybody or have I known of anyone since being in church that has never had a problem in the area of trust. In other words, they've had something happen to them. So in other words, in our past, we've had issues, right? So there are times when we're reading the Bible that are getting close to the issues of my past, And that's a problem. And I've seen things statistically that I looked at and I thought, my goodness, this generation is is really hurting in the area of trust. Because when you look at what statistics show, they show the highest percentage of people that have the most difficult area of trusting and most of the time don't are kids that have been through a divorce or abuse. Those two major areas, they grow up to be untrusting. Now I look at that and I think, you know, that that's a sad commentary of our society, but also it's something that I look at and I think, you know, that's not a something light, that's heavy. That's something that we need to be able to help people that are living life starting off with the inability to trust. And now we're supposed to be presenting this God that cares so much for us, that loves us unconditionally. And we have these issues that are dealing in our lives that 
make it very difficult to trust him. I'm going to help you, or I'm going to try to help you in my personal life. Just, just this, how did I build trust with God? First of all, remember what I said, you're going to get scripture areas that they, they get close to home. You know, it's like, I'm picking, it's like, you know, have you ever had a, um, open cavity or something, or that nerves right open? Okay, I'm going to take like a metal object and stick it on there. That's how close I'm coming. Where you, ah! The thing is, is this area is an area where me personally, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me personally, I heard the teachings, I read the Bible about trust, trusting the Lord, trusting God. My issue was, is it's Father God. Now, I have a natural father. Well, he's in heaven now, but I had a natural father. Of course I did, everybody does. But in that relationship, I did not know what love was with my father. So in other words, I have this relationship with my dad that has no emotion, no connection, no hugging, no, I love you, son, none of that. So that's how I was brought up. Good father, you know, help coach, uh, took us on vacation, provided. But as far as a relationship where he's um, close, none, zero. And people that know my story or the history of, of, of my clan, they have heard me say that the first time I seen my dad cry and the first time I heard him say, I love you, is when I led him to Jesus. First time. Which you would think I'd be so happy crying and loving him as well. I ran out of the room. It disgusted me. I just want him to Jesus and I'm not happy. And the reason I'm not happy is he's crying and saying, I love you. And I didn't know what to do with that. I mean, if I knew that was going to happen, I wouldn't have really, I wouldn't have let him to Jesus. I'd let someone else do it. That's how I felt, man. I was pretty, it was rough. You think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding. I told you I'm being real. It was freaky. So freaky. I don't even like thinking about it too much, but the point is, is I get into this faith and I'm living this life and, and what I'm hearing is, is, is the father loves you, trust him and all that. So I'm sharing with you that this isn't something easy with me. It wasn't. How did I do it? And that's what I want you to know. Because I'm talking to a lot of people in here. You've been in church a long time and you don't trust Jesus. I mean, don't trust God. We, we, the reason why you say trust Jesus is because you go, I trust Jesus, but you really don't, but we like to say it, and we don't believe that we would ever not trust him, but we live a life that doesn't trust him. So anyway, the point is, is this. My journey and how I was able to get to the place of overcoming the past and entering to this life of trusting God had to deal with the ability to, first and foremost, 
know that he loved me unconditionally. Okay, so I can read it and someone can talk in church about it. But what, what helped me? What was it that got me to that place where I finally was able to break away things that were holding me against having that relationship? And it started with the friend that got me going in this direction. And I was talking to him and his wife and, and sitting at their table. And this is after I've received Jesus and I'm walking this new life. I'm going to church with them. I'm doing all these things now as you know a new believer would do. And I hear these messages and I don't, I just, it's difficult for me to relate. But as I started this thing off is, is I, I, I'm a leader, I like to win. No, I love to win. I don't like to lose. I hate to lose. I love to win. And my mindset was, is I'm not winning right now. I'm not winning. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the bench. I mean, that's that just even saying that's sort of like freaky. But I'm in this position where I'm realizing I'm on this team and I'm not winning. And so it all came out one night in his, in his living room. And I said, I, I don't know how to do this. I want to do this. And I told him, and I want to do it right. And what I was saying to him is, is I want to win. I, I, don't, I don't like how I feel right now. And so this is what he shared with me that really just opened my eyes and my heart to be able to do this. He says, well, what did you guys talk about today? And I went, what? He goes, what did you talk, talk about today? And I said, I'm talking to you guys right now. And he goes, not me. He goes, what did you and the Lord, what did, you, what did you talk about today? And I went, I didn't talk to him today. He goes, what are you asking me? And I, I, I was asking him, how did I do this? And he said, you've got to do what I just asked you. You've got to talk to him. And I said, well, How? And he looked at me like, this guy needs a lot of help. And he said, what did you do before you came over here? And I said, well, I, I, I had a lot of thoughts about what I, what I want to do, and I, I, I want to get this fixed, and I want to be better, and then I want to talk to you and find out how do you do this. He goes, and what did you do? Well, you came over, and, and you're sitting here. What are we doing? He said, I, I said, we're talking. He goes, yeah. And I go, well, yeah, but how do you do it with him? Why? Because I didn't have conversations with my dad. He says, you got to talk to him, period. He says, you can talk. You, you communicate. You talk with people, people like you. You talk. You're at church, you're talking, you're communicating, you're talking about, you know, different things. You know, you talk to my brother, his brother was actually the quarterback at NAU. 
and you talk to him about football and you, 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 you play basketball. We lived in the same uh, apartment complex. Uh, actually, Larry Nance, who played for the Phoenix Suns, lived there too. It was really weird why he would be living at that nasty apartment complex. But yeah, I don't know that. I don't know the whole story on that one. But he played basketball with us. So you, you communicate. You, you would always talk. There was this communication going on. He says, you talk all the time. You have the ability to talk. And I go, well, of course I do. You got to talk to him the same exact way about everything. And I was like, what? Then he'll know. He's God. Yeah, right? And he, that's exactly what he said. He, he's God. He goes, do it. Pretty much telling me what I need to hear, and that is this. If you want to win this game, you're going to have to communicate to the Father. You're going to have to talk to him. If you want to win, you're going to have to talk. So you have to be able to talk to him. Now, the key is, is believing that he loves you unconditionally. That's the key. But that didn't, that's not what I got first. What I had to do. Listen, I know it's contrary to a lot of you singles believe. You ain't going to be falling in love right away for, oh, love at first sight. No, that might happen with a taco, but not people. All right? That just, that doesn't work that way. There's no such thing as that. You can lust at first sight, but you ain't loving at first sight. There's no such thing. You got that? You understand that? All right. So in that, I thought, okay, I'm going to commit to that. And I told them, I said, I will commit to that. So now they, I've got accountability, which it didn't matter. I've already committed. I said, I'm going to do it. So what I would do, this is what I'm just sharing with you. I've got all kinds of Bible scriptures that can help you understand in what the scripture says about this. I'm, I'm telling you what I did. And I know 100%, 100% that this can and will get you to the place where you trust him the way scripture's wanting you to. It'll change your life. It will change your life. Because I can tell you right now, some of the key things that are happening in a lot of your lives that prove that you do not trust him are the things that are making you miserable. If you can't sleep at night, you don't trust him. If you have fear, anxiety, worry, you don't trust him. If you look at the future and it brings, you know, pressures and, and confusion, you don't trust him. It's just a, it's a fact. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't things that can rile you up. There are things that can frustrate you. There are things out there that just confound you. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is, is if your life is operating in those ways, you don't have that position of trust with him. And I want you to. I need you to, because I want you to win. Remember, the scripture says, run this race to win. I don't care if you've never played a sport in your life. Run to win. Next time you get with the family and you throw down the Monopoly table, fight the win. Start right there. Start at the small things. They get out the Uno stuff, you know, whatever. Just, just go. When you win, win. And they're going to look at you and go, that's not you. And you go, all right, now I'm on the right track. 
You need to start wanting to win. I know most people in here, you guys are, because we've had church things where we're all doing this stuff, and most of you are like going, you win no matter what. You, 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 you cheat, steal, rob, whatever. They, they, you guys want to win. So I'm, I'm, I'm with a bunch of people that, that want to win. But the point is, is this. I would get up, start my day, and I would talk to him. I didn't have a clue if he was listening or not. I did this robotically. Now, I didn't have a pre-scripted prayer. That's religious garbage. But I talked to him. Like I said, I'm not going by feeling. I just started talking with him. And I continued it. I'd go out in a park. I committed myself to go out to this big park um, and I would just walk that park at night and talk to him. I don't even know early on if, if I ever even thought he was listening or even heard anything like he's listening. I just would talk. But ultimately what would happen is, is I would get to the place where I believe he's listening. And things started happening. See, I know in my life today that there are no circumstances. They're just prayers that, that are being taken care of. There's nothing that just, uh, just happens. It's not like, oh my gosh, how did that happen? I believe it's because I talk to him about everything. We need to be less surprised when good things happen in our lives, when things are being uh, operating in ways where you're like going, you don't have, know how it's working, but it's working. And so I would talk to him and talk with him and I would share everything. I didn't have the ABCs, the one, two, threes of how you do it or what you do. I just started talking to him like I would my best, closest friend. So I would talk and I would just talk. I'd talk about anything and everything. I did not limit it to big stuff, things that I felt were insignificant. I talked to him about everything. It's an amazing thing because that I didn't know any better. See, they didn't put any rules or guidelines. Make sure you don't waste his time. Make sure you only talk about things that are only biblical. I talked to him about every single thing. Everything. And I'm doing this. And I didn't, I just, I continued and continued and continued and continued. And I don't know when it was when I lost the ability. I mean, when I, when I had this ability to start trusting him in, in everything. Now, there have been times where interference has taken place because of my own attitude Things have happened because I assumed. You hear what I'm saying? But the truth is, is I completely trust God. I trust him with my whole heart. Now, there are times when I can get caught up in concern or worry or whatever. And it, it's, it's got to be something big. But I reel myself back and I get to the place where I'm placing that trust on him. That's the area where the scripture says, cast all your care upon him for he cares for you. Well, I can tell you right now, that scripture you can't use with anyone. You can't cast all your care on anyone because they care for you. 
that, not that scripture. We all have a limit, right? Because all of a sudden you get into, you know, like the 38th casting care. You're like, I can't hold no more. I love you, but this is too much. But see, God, God's not that way. So when I look at this and I realize, you know what, this, this journey I've been on was a journey that we've all been on. And remember what I say, when we talk about spiritual truths, there's a natural principle to that. You don't have a close best friend because you just have this casual relationship. You have a close best friend, a close who, that, that person that's close to you because there has been the communication, right? That doesn't mean it happens every single day, it's 24 seven. What I'm saying is, is it's built up in that manner. That's how you do it with the father. And I'm telling you the hard times I had to where I am now. And I've been able to overcome them all because I talked to him. I didn't know for years the love he has for me that I do now, for years. I went through Bible college not even understanding that. You guys hear what I'm saying? For years, but I talked to him and I talk to him, and I talk to him. To this day, it's the same exact thing. I talk with him all the time. It's a lot different now because I hear him. I know his voice. I know how the communication happens with him. He's close with me. His hugs, his love for me. It's all real, 100% real. So I have that now. Now, did it take all these years to get there? No, it's, it's, it's been going on for a while now, but what I'm trying to help you with is this. Quit worrying about the Bible. Quit worrying about prayers. Quit worrying about scripture. Quit worrying about do's and don'ts. Start talking to him about everything. By the way, that is probably one of the strongest positions of faith that there is in Scripture. By you just talking with him. Because ultimately, I'm telling you right now, I promise you, I promise you, in that life that you start doing this and start communicating to him, you're going to come find yourself knowing him in a whole different light. No matter what your past is. And that's what I want for each and every person in here. That was my journey. I believe it can be everybody's journey in here. And I'm sure there are quite a few in here. You're, you can testify and go, yeah, by talking with God, that's what did it. Just me talking with him. I'm serious. So I need you guys all to commit, all right? Not no 21 day, not new seven day, not in 40 day. For the rest of your life, commit every single day. Talk with God. Yeah, but what if I would screw up? Man, talk to him even more. Right? No, I understand. I, you, you, we aren't raised that way. You screw up, there's less talking. The, everything about the natural life is opposite when it comes to what the spiritual life and what God's word says. Man, when we're doing the worst, we should be running to him. And we don't do that. We don't want to do that. 
But I'm telling you right now, you will have turnarounds so much quicker in life by being able to do that. It's serious, I'm telling you the truth. Let me give you two key trust truths. Two key trust truths. You don't have to actually have to trust everyone. Okay, that's, you have to understand that. Not everyone you have to put trust in. Not everyone is worthy of that trust. Okay? You all understand that. So don't get, oh, you know, all you need to, I need to be able to trust everybody. Are you kidding me? You ever went to fast food? Don't trust anybody that works at fast food. You ain't gonna get, you ain't gonna get what you ordered. If you tell them, I want five extra sauces, guarantee you ain't gonna get it. You're gonna have to count them and say, I need three more. Not that I would ever do something like that. It's a little crazy, extreme. Oh, of course I would. Why? Because they always rip me off all the time. My family knows the struggle I deal with when it comes to these people. They know. I literally have to train them. Am I telling the truth? Pastor Lau knows now because, you know, I've, I've been a long time with her training. So she knows. But she knows what's going to happen if she doesn't. The moment you put trust in them, you're going to come back with a missing hamburger. Anybody in here working fast food? No one? Oh, y'all scared now. Like, I don't hope they don't smell that Burger King on me. The second trust truth. You do have to trust someone. You do. Any relationship that's healthy has to have trust or it will not be healthy. Are you guys hearing me? Those are two major trust truths. Two main reasons we don't trust the Lord. I love when it's just simple. 348 reasons why we don't trust the Lord. <laughs> that's like, that's too many. Give me two, I'll give you two main ones. Our past experiences. That's the toughest of them all. Our past experiences of life before Jesus. How many of you, um, ready for this one? How about this one? I'm going to read something about in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And I want to ask you to be real with yourself and how many of you, before you received Jesus, which I'll give you the answer, none of you, but I'm going to go ahead and say this anyway. How many of you thought about this stuff before you received Jesus? All right, ready? As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live them when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who now works in those who are in disobedience. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sin nature, Following its desires and thoughts, like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. How many of you before Jesus thought about yourself, man, I sh I, it's getting tough following Satan. And this world system's really screwing my life up. 
How many of you at the club were thinking about, I'm just fulfilling the natural desires of my flesh? See, not one of us thought any of this. But what does the Bible say we were dealing with? A nature? A world system? And demonic activity? Spiritual evil out there that influence this world system? But see, we didn't know that. Do you understand that? We don't know that. I didn't know that. I was living life, doing my thing. Just like y'all were. You, we're just doing what we do. But we didn't know these things. Once we entered into this faith and started hearing these spiritual truths, we started going, what? I was on the devil's club? I was, these sins were from a nature, which by the way are one of the most important messages you could ever get as a believer. One of the most important ones because what happens is, is most people, religion, 100%, and then people that receive Jesus that get caught up in the religious mindset, not scripture because scripture doesn't teach this way. And what we do is we get caught up on sins. Everybody say sins. Those things you do. The Bible says don't do. And you'd be doing them. Those sins. The sins, you know, gossip and, and cheating and lying and, you know, all these things. Disobedience. And we can go on and on. List, list all of them. And sins. So we look at those sins and say, okay, that's the issue. That's the problem. But the Bible says, no, it isn't. It's not the problem. The problem is, is the nature that causes. Now, I, I've said this many times in this church to help you understand. It, it, you get an apple tree. An apple tree is only an apple tree because it produces apples. So the... It, I can't call it an orange tree because it didn't produce oranges. But I can't tell what type of tree it is until it starts producing. But I can't throw a fit that it's producing apples because it's nature. So the apple is, is not the issue because you get, the nature is the problem. Uh, everybody got that? The nature. In the original, when it talks about our past, it mentions sin. It's never sins, plural. If there is a translation with an S on it, it's wrong. It's always talking about the nature. Jesus was not dealing with fruit. He was dealing with nature. Adam screwed up nature. Nature of mankind, humankind, people kind. Adam did. From that point, nature, fallen nature. That means every human born on this earth has a fallen nature. Okay, when you think that, well, you start realizing, okay, now I'm starting. Okay, so we all do our thing no matter where we're living. But the point is, this isn't about doing right or wrong. It's not about morals. It's about a nature. 
Jesus couldn't be born from Joseph because that would give him the fallen nature. You know, well, why a virgin birth? Because he couldn't be born from Joseph, a fallen person. His seed, the blood, would pass on the nature of sin. God took his seed, placed it in Mary's womb, and Jesus was born. Would be the picture of the first Adam. Though Adam didn't have a Mary, he had dirt. Because God formed him out of the earth, right? And blew spiritual life into him. I mean, come on. If you look at that and think he's just, you know, a, a, a thing out of mud and stuff. I mean, it just, we need to see it happen to understand that. So when you get into heaven, I'm sure there's, you know, an IMAX showing this kind of stuff or whatever. <laughs> I'm hoping there is. I'm hoping that we go, okay, I, I want to see this one, you know. Just, it would be cool. But the point is, is it's, it's all tied to the nature. You guys understand that? So it's not about what we're doing. It's about what caused that. So once you get that, you start realizing, okay, so I'm majoring on my bads, which I should not be. You want to break free. You want to get free of something. You worrying or concerned about the thing you're doing, you'll never be free from it. Never. It's impossible. That's why Proverbs says, as a person thinks in their heart, in here, as they think, so are they. Good or bad, it doesn't matter. The more you think about not wanting to do something, you'll, you'll do it. That, that's all there is to it. You're going to do it. Why? Because your mind and how it operates controls behavior, your actions. So you have to renew, change. And that's why knowing the nature in, in Scripture and understanding that will help you change quicker. Because, again, you're going to major on apples, and that will never change a thing. Stinking apples, quit it. You've got to change the nature. All right? Once you change the nature, then you start grasping how this whole thing works. Now, you might be born again now. You receive Jesus. You're, you're part of the family of God, and, and you'd be doing some apples. The problem is, is it's not from nature. It's from choice. And this is where the Christianese and the religious people and the churches all have these different understandings, but Scripture only teach one, which is amazing to me. Scripture makes it very clear, but religion or, you know, groups out there have ideologies that don't even line up with the Bible. So they start majoring on apples, which as a believer are called choices. It's not from your nature because you have a new nature. You receive Jesus, you're a new creation. You have a new nature. If you don't have a new nature, you didn't receive Jesus. Why? Because he gave you that new nature. And that new nature doesn't change because it's through Jesus, not through you. They, that we, have, we have thousands of years of Old Testament to show you that laws don't work. 
And that's what God was saying. It don't work. I can list a hundred thou shall nots. And you ain't going to do it. And I'll list two. And you ain't going to do it. You're going to screw them up. And that's what God is trying to show Israel, us. Trying to show us that no matter what, you're going to mess these things up. So he did it in Christ. Jesus came to this earth, walked on this earth. God was released from him in who he was with the Father. So he's on this earth making choices. He's on this earth being tempted. You guys see, people freak about this stuff. Jesus, that, that's sin. No, no, no. Temptation is a sin. Subcoming to temptation is sin. So he's getting the temptation, but he has victory over it. Well, that's what we need to understand, the, the victory over temptation. When we look at Scripture, in, in a way to help you understand this, when we're talking about trust, we're talking about what, what is the cause of this problem? What, what causes me not to be able to trust? What, what is this in me that I have a difficult time with this? And this is where these things start all winding, winding to a position of, okay, I'm starting to clarity. I'm starting to get an understanding on this. So our past experiences affect us in a big way because we're continuing to pull up, but this happened to me and this took place. The second thing is we focus on our problems. See, it, I can't trust God if I keep focusing on the problem. Why? Because I'm trying to figure it out. If you keep magnifying the issue, you, you, this is about you, you trying to fix it. That's why I was trying to say when, when I got to the place of really talking with God is I was giving him everything. Not just big stuff, everything. I, did, I made a habit of it. Now, there are times through my life, this walk where I, I, I quit doing little things, quit talking about stuff that I should have been talking to him with, but I stopped. Could you get to the place where you're like going, ah, there's too many little, I'll just get the big stuff to you. I don't want to bog you down with all the little stuff. But the truth of the matter is, is God's not about all that. God's about the relationship. He cares about everything. You can't trust him in the big thing if you can't talk to him about the little. Because, the, see, when it comes to closeness and relationship, the little things matter. With God... My ability to talk to him about little things define him to me in a whole different way. How do I see a God when I'm talking to him about tiny little insignificant things? It must mean I believe that he really cares no matter how small it is. And I believe this. I believe it. I believe anything that is a care to me is a care to him. 
I believe that. It took time, but I believe that. How did it happen? By me just doing it and talking with them and just talking with them. And I, w- I just would keep this up and I've never stopped. I talked to them and I talked to them and I talked. What if you screw up? I talked to them. What if you're not acting right? I talked to them. What if you're not being a pastor like you should be? I talked to them. What if you have an argument at home? I talked to them. Oh my gosh, I talked to them. I don't need to tell them how bad they are. No. <laughs> but I talk to him. I talk to him. And that's how I do my life. I talk to God because I trust him. Now, when you look at these things, past experience and focus on our own problems, remember when Peter, we were talking about, you know, last Sunday about Peter and how he was building this picture of trust with the Lord. And Peter trusted Jesus when Jesus said, come to me to walk on water. All right, Peter trusted Jesus, right? But then the problem was the issues of the storm that they were in and the difficulty they had in that boat and Jesus outside of the boat And now he's out there going, if it's you, tell me to come and I'll come. Eyes focused in on Jesus. Here's the word. Once he heard the word, he said, this is what this, he didn't say wave to me. He said, say the word. Once the word went forth, he got out of the boat and walked on water. The problem is, is he started focusing on the, the problem and took his eyes off Jesus. The moment we get our focus of God's word, we're gonna be in trouble. Go to the beginning of scripture, go to Genesis. And when you go to Genesis, you see where this all starts. It's an amazing thing because you have Adam and Eve in creation that are perfect, perfect beings, no sin, created in the likeness and image of God. They are the gods of this world, actually, Adam and Eve. You might go, how could that be? Well, the Bible says the devil is the god of this world. How did he get it? Because Adam relinquished his position. All you have to do is read scripture. You'll figure these things out. It's not difficult. So what happens is Adam and Eve are perfect. God created this perfect world. And after creation, he was sitting there saying, this is good, this is good, this is good, this is good. It's all perfect. Adam and Eve, here you go. This is yours. Rule and reign in it. Have dominion. Own it. And so they're doing that. We don't know how long this is happening, but they're living this life. One day, the enemy starts communicating to Eve. We don't know if Adam's right there right now. We're, we're, we're not sure if he comes walking up when, later, or not. We just know that Eve is in communication with the enemy, which she does not know it's the enemy. He makes a statement to her. 
this is so important to understand because when we come down to this position of trust, we're talking about a Lord that died a few thousand years ago. We're not talking about someone we see every day or we, we, we hey, Jesus, there you are. How are you doing today? Thousands of years ago, he died. He was buried. He rose again. He's seated in heavenly places. So th this isn't where I, I look and I see God and he smiles at me and I wave to him. I go, yeah, okay, we're good. So this position of faith is a place where I have to have trust. But what I trust him, well, I don't know he died for me. I don't know he went to the cross. I don't know any of this stuff unless this is revealed to me. And this is his word that opens up this information to me. So I have to receive it or believe it. And that's what gives the revelation. That's what gets me to understand. It's, it's Peter going, say the word. So I now say, say the word. What does the word say to me? So when I've, I've been walking this walk and I'm, I'm standing in faith, I'm believing God, I, I need his word. So we've got to find the word. What, what is in the word that will help us? What, what's his word say about this situation? What's his word say about healing? What's his word say about prosperity? What's a, what does his word say? Because it's what I need. This is what I need. He said, we look, we look for uh, 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 things in life to deal with issues in our life and to fix things. And, and we live a life of fear and anxiety of how am I going to have this? How are we going to eat this? How are we going to provide for this? And how are we going to pay for Christmas? And, how, and we do these things that Jesus comes on the scene and says, listen, you worried about all that stuff because you forgot who your heavenly father is. You need to know who he is. He says, your father, he, he, he takes care of it all. Then he says, put him first in your life. Everything will be multiplied to you. Put him first. Seek first the kingdom. Interesting, right? So once we start hearing this, we start realizing, okay, so this word is the key. And the devil knows this. So he comes to Eve and he does, he shows himself right out in front of everybody. Exactly what he does today. Is that what the Bible says? <laughs> That's what he does. <laughs> yeah, is that what God said? Yeah, uh-huh. 100%. I've heard it in my life, walking this journey. I've heard it many times. I've heard his voice. I've heard him say that. Come on, you believe that? The pastor's on drugs, man. You don't know what he's talking about. He's trying to get you to question what you believed God said. See, the, nothing matters until the seed is sown. Remember, the word of God is seed. You don't come here, you, there, no seed's happening. So when the seed is sown, that word now has ability to enter your heart. Your heart is determined by you. No one else, you. Which right now you should be going, praise God, hallelujah. Because you, you can't blame someone. 
You got a hard heart, you got a rocky heart, you got a heart full of weeds, or you got a heart good ground. It's gonna be your choice. That's it, your choice. Yeah, but for years I've been, what? For years you had a hard heart? Fix it. It's very simple, fix it. See, most people, and because I've been doing this for so long, most people don't wanna hear simple. They wanna hear religion. They want to hear that it's difficult. They want to hear that this is something that's going to take forever. I like to dumb it down to simplicity of what the word says, and that is make a different choice. That's it. Make a different choice. That's the only way you can change, and you can make a different choice. People don't like that, but that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you what the word says. And by doing that, you have the ability to be free. So Eve's sitting there, number one, conversation with the enemy. Now think about this. Eve knows what God said because Adam communicated God's command to her. He knows, they both know what God said. God says, all this is yours. He says this, you may freely eat of all the fruit of the tree except one. Right? All the, literally, I don't know how many, thousands upon thousands of trees and one tree. Don't, don't do this tree, don't eat this tree, but everything else freely. The word freely in the Hebrew, it is a, it's an amazing word because it's like, it's almost like you can be a glutton. You just say so much and so free and so accessible and so, you just, ah, more, 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 more. It's like a buffet. I mean, it literally, is, that's the mindset is, is it's all yours. Eat as much as you want, whenever you want. That's that word. Now, that's the command of God. Freely eat anything you want. Don't eat this one tree. Now, Eve somehow, go, she's around that tree. Now, we don't know the, the, the layout of Garden Eden. All we know is, is the enemy's gonna be around the stuff that you ought not to be around. Somehow Eve's over there. I don't know what the enemy, I don't know how he got her over there or if this was normal, I don't know. I don't know if Eve, Eve's attitude was, is we don't touch this, we don't eat this one, let's just move on. So the enemy says, did God really say this? He's getting you to doubt. First thing he does is get you to doubt. First response is what she didn't do. And I'm gonna help you right now in issues that you wanna overcome. The first response is you don't communicate with the doubt. The first response is you already know it's wrong. True or false? True. See, after you do whatever it is you should not be doing, do you feel great? No. No one does. No one feels great. But before it happens, does the bad feeling, is it there? No, not like it after the fact. Y'all know I'm telling the, you all know I'm speaking truth right now. Beforehand, 
before you do anything wrong, you don't have, you have the thought of, but it can be easily overridden if you don't do the first thing in the temptation. When that, whatever it was, it wasn't a snake. We think it's a snake or a serpent, you know, in the reference to snake, but it wasn't. I mean, the Hebrew can come up with some weird pictures of what it could have been, but it wasn't a snake because the curse was you're going to be on the ground. If it was a snake, it already lived on the ground. So it wasn't, it wasn't a snake. And it wasn't an apple tree. We just come up with weird stuff. We don't know what it was. But whatever it was, we ain't supposed to eat it. The moment the enemy, the moment that whatever it was, said, did God really say, is the moment she should have right now walked away. The moment that came up. See, this is what religion does. Religion wants to entertain. It wants to entertain that kind of stuff. Well, maybe they know something more. Maybe I can get deeper information. Attitudes, authority attitudes, whatever. All kinds of issues can get you to start listening to something that causes doubt. And this is what happened. She's now in a position where she's talking to the enemy. Did God really say you aren't supposed to eat this stuff? You, it, did God really say you can have eat anything you want? And she goes, oh, he said we can eat anything we want, except we can't eat this one tree and we can't touch it or we're going to die. The problem is, is two things in that statement happen. God's command was this. You can freely eat freedom. A God that's good, a God that loves, a God that says, man, you can have more than enough. She doesn't say freely, which is very interesting to me. She says, you can eat. She, didn't, she left out freely. You might be thinking that's an issue. I don't. I think it's a simple command. Freely, you can eat everything except this. Don't eat it. The moment you eat that, in dying, you shall die. Very simple command. It's not difficult. It's not rocket science. She's the smartest thing ever. But she leaves it out. What happens? Because when you listen to doubt, you start eliminating truth. How do I know? Because what happened? She eliminated what Scripture said. And then she said, added doesn't the scripture even talk about this? If you take away or add to the scripture, and it talks about, you, you open the door to a curse. If you add or take away from this word, why is that in there? Why would that be placed in Because that's what the enemy's been doing for thousands and thousands of years. He's getting people to take away or to add. That's not in the Bible. They just add to it or take away from it. The enemy started this with Eve. She goes, well, we can eat it all and we can't eat this one or touch it. And then he said, he said, what did he say? He said, where is it? I thought I had this. He said, He said, open up the Bible to chapter 3 of Genesis. Ready? 
We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat it nor touch it lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not die. What did you say? God's a liar. Right away, right straight out. He's revealing something that we need to understand. He gets you to doubt, and then he gets you, he's getting you to question God's love for you. Why? Because lying breaks trust. This is what he's doing. He's playing this with Eve. It's still going on, people. When the word of God is communicated, your responsibility is just receive it. I need to fully understand it. No, 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 that's not how it works. Understanding will come. But you all need to quit operating in the religious mindset and get back to normal life. Because there ain't a person in here that learned the way you are trying to be in church. No one, no one on planet earth learns that way. First, let me understand it before I receive it. You can say that to that teacher in first grade. I need to understand it. Don't tell me one plus one equals two. I need to understand it. And y'all hear that and you go, that's dumb. Yeah, it's amazing how people talk dumb in church because they do the same thing. I can communicate scripture and their minds are going, what? Well, I don't know. I don't believe it. I need to understand before I believe you just, you go contrary to human nature of how to learn. So what do you do? You, you become successful. I can tell you the journey of people that are successful in life, in sports, whatever. And I can guarantee you they're gonna tell you the keys. And one of the major keys of becoming successful is first and, far, first and foremost recognizing that you don't know. And you're gonna to have to listen to someone that knows. And know-it-all people hate listening to that, and that's why they are the way they are. They don't wanna hear this. But that is the life journey of a successful person. They realize that. So they're gonna hear stuff that they know, have no clue. But they're gonna receive it because they recognize the person that they're hearing from. Well, I recognize this is the word of God that is written by men thousands of years ago that were used by literally God himself to write it. So it's not just Paul wrote this letter or Peter wrote this letter, it's God wrote it. So I receive it as it is, the word of God. So when it's spoken to me, I now receive it. There are many things over the years that I heard in God's word that I didn't understand, but I didn't deny it. I received it. And I know God. And I know the word. And I know that it will come. The information will come. And I'll build upon that. But I'm not going to cross it off or push it aside and say, well, I don't agree until I know because you'll never know that, never. Eve lost the battle and Adam followed. All based upon starting with doubt. I need you to 
start out with trust and know that you need to never doubt God because of what his word says, period. I know you can feel a certain way. I know you can believe a certain way. I know you can whatever a certain way. But his word says, trust him. And there's a massive list of the benefits of trusting God. He knows tomorrow. No one else does. No one does. I I think I'm going to follow someone like that. That's a win-win. So he's going to be able to adjust my thing. Now, the, the last thing I want to share with you is this. The issue with trust is as we start creating this, this picture of what trust is supposed to look like as far as how it's supposed to end up. So we create this picture of never, ever having a problem. Everything works out. There are no issues in my life. But that's contrary to what Scripture says. Adam and Eve had a problem. There's a devil in their garden, right? There was an issue. God is not going to make you or force you or do anything with you to dictate your life. You have to choose, period. I know for years I was like going, that's not fair, dictate, dictate, <laughs> make me do it, you know? And you hear your church, you know, you hear people do that all the time. Go, just pray that God will make me do this. And I let people know as gently as I can, he ain't gonna make you do nothing. Yeah, but I wanna go to church more. Then you better make choice, go to church more. I want to read more. God put it in my heart. God ain't going to put that in your heart. That's a choice you have to make. Quit playing religion. You want to get this life really pumping and, and, and get it powerful? Make the choice. Timothy, young Pastor Timothy is being overwhelmed and overcome by people and, and issues in his church like No churches have issues. But anyway, he's having issues and problems and leadership problems and leadership that he can't trust. And he's got all these things going on. And it's now affecting what? His stomach. Why? Because that's what anxiety does. Physically, it starts breaking you down. Stress breaks down your health. Never will it heal it will break it down, stress. And Timothy lets Paul know, I'm freaking out. It's just, I've got fear, I've got anxiety, things are not working. And, and Paul talks back to Timothy and he tells him to remember. He says, remember your faith. Remember who you are. Remember what you're called to. Remember how you were brought up. Then he says this. He says, you stir it up. I thought he'd be gentler. I thought he'd go, Timothy, come here, baby, come here. I will pray for you. He says, stir up the faith that is in you. Stir it up. 
You want to overcome? Stir it up. It's the pastor, the pastor. He don't call. He don't care. Religious person, you. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. You won't find that type of attitude anywhere in here except the Old Testament, and it's not good pictures. But in these apostles and pastors in Scripture, you never see this stuff. Never. But it's amazing how church people create these doctrines that are just crazy, all because they don't want to grow up. They want to excuse and make reasons why and blame. You can't have God's victory in your life living that type of life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Be what? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. I end with Eve. Satan says, you're not gonna die. He's a liar. What happens with Eve? When she saw, he starts opening up her understanding. That's so important to see. So when, G, when Eve saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. Look what happened. What, what took place? You ain't going to die. God knows that if you eat this thing, you're going to be like God. And you're going to know good from evil. Eve's listening to this. She now operates in what? Leaning to her understanding. Not to what God's word says, her understanding. Fruit looks good. Looks as good as this fruit. It can, it, it can bring wisdom. How does she know it's going to bring wisdom? Because she listened to the enemy. She, she didn't have this. She had all the wisdom there was. Adam and Eve were given the ability to do everything and anything on this planet. They had the highest level of knowledge or wisdom that anybody could ever have outside of Jesus. And they're operating in this high level of wisdom. The only thing she didn't know was evil. That's why she's talking to the devil. It's crazy, huh? But she doesn't know evil. She's never operated in evil. And he's saying, take it and you're going to know it. Do you believe this stuff? He says, you'll be like God. They already are. They're not God, God, but they're God in, in their action on earth. They're in relationship with God. They see God. They're connected with God. They hang out with God. I mean, uh, this is crazy stuff. And now he's saying, no, 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 do this, and this is what's going to happen. But the thing is, is she opens up to 
his communication rather than running away from it, getting away from it. In the midst is where the danger lies. Don't mess with it. Get away from it. And there, there will be your victory. But if you're trying to fight in this mess, it ain't worth it. You're going to end up losing. She started to convince herself that this is a good thing to do. How can you convince yourself of something when God said, it's going to kill you? Think about it. The devil said, no, it won't. He's not even God. And she's opened up her heart to that. This is, you hear it and you go, this is crazy. I wouldn't do that. That's what you probably think. I would do that, but we do it all the time. <laughs> and here she is, perfect, perfect. And this evil is seducing her to go against God when everything was hers. That's crazy, isn't it? Trust God. Why? Because he asks you to. Trust in the Lord. Why? Because the word says there are mega benefits. Mega benefits of trusting God. Everything in your life that you want to make your life better is tied to trusting the Lord. Build the foundation of being able to trust him and knowing that he loves you. No matter what you do, no matter what you don't do, no matter how ugly you are, no matter how good you are, know this, he loves you, period. It's not gonna stop, he loves you. From that build, I trust you. Every day, starting today, talk to him. And by yourself. Don't be going, let's get together and let's, no, you, you're making a religious thing out of this. You personally, one-on-one -on -one relationship. Because you want to talk about stuff that you don't want other people to know anyway. Right? Isn't that true? Talk to them. Starting today, you just start talking to them. And by, just throw my name up if you want. Pastor Dan told me to do this. So just, I'll take that. That'll be fine. Father, we thank you for your word. We, we do want to be able to operate and something you so badly want us to believe, and that is you do care about us, that you love us greatly, and that you want to be a part of our lives. No matter how small, no matter how large, you want to be a part of them. I pray for every single person, sound of my voice, in here, out there, that you're wanting to be able to put your trust in the Lord. You're wanting to be able to receive that all these things that God is saying he wants to do in your life and reveal to you. Well, it's gonna take you to make a decision. Make that decision today that this is the day that you're going to put, you're, you're going all in. We're not concerned about the, the subject trust or the subject love or anything right now. What we are going to do is we're gonna start talking to you. That's all gonna come, but we're gonna talk to you and we're gonna talk about everything and anything and we're gonna do it every single day 
And as we do this, love will be built within us and trust will arise. That's what I know for sure what's going to happen. And I thank you, Father, that every person in here is going to recognize that this is a supernatural event that's going to take place in their lives. Say this after me. I am a believer in the Lord Jesus. Therefore, I am a part of his family. His father is my father. And my father, who is God, cares about me. So I confess today that I will, from this day forward, make a choice to talk to my father, to talk to him about everything and anything, because that's what he wants, and that's what I want. And I believe that opening this door will result in my faith going to greater heights than ever before. God's love and my ability to trust him will grow each day because I believe that he wants to hang with me. So I thank you, Father, for this word for my life. I trust you. I believe in you. And we will have a talk today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all. Love you guys. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you. Thank you.